0: you do you own yourself does your mom own you does your dad own you how about your wife how about your husband how about the mayor of your town what about your neighbors what about your car does your car own you does your house own you (laughs) what is ownership Owners, I'm a homeowner. Sounds like a disparaging term, doesn't it? I might give banned you homeowner. I own my home. My home is the home of other people too. And I own their home. They pay me rent. But I'm the owner. I'm a homeowner. This is what I own. Look at all the things I own. I own a whole bunch of things. Look, I own my shirt. What is ownership? What is ownership when you die? You know, everybody dies. It's hard to imagine ownership when, especially of an old house. I didn't build this house. It was built in 1885 by a guy who bought the land for $10 from somebody else who owned it. Ten bucks. He paid. Yeah. He built this wonderful Victorian house. Four stories. He was a guy. Um. What was his name? He had the same name as the guy that built the radio, railroad. I always forget his name. Um, Charles. Charles something. But uh, did he own this house? How long did he own it? You know, he had it. 40 years things went haywire in his life he ran for mayor probably wouldn't have ran for mayor except we had the same name as the guy that started the railroad what was that guy's name hold on William Crocker that was his name William Crocker was the name of the guy who built and owned my house first 10 bucks um, yeah, he uh, he ended up owning a planing mill in San Francisco, a wood planing mill. Um, but the other William Crocker, he owned everything. He was a big investor in the banks. He donated the land for that big chapel that everybody liked, the Grace Cathedral. Is that the one? Maybe one of the other ones. But he did all the banking. He was a big rich guy in town. He was the, one of the early railroad billionaires, you know and philanthropists, and weird thing is William, because when I first looked up the the, um, information on my house, I thought, whoa, this is owned by the original William Crocker, and it's really confusing too, because here's some weird things. Uh, This William Crocker, my William Crocker, was about the same age, within a year or two, as the big tycoon William Crocker, and he had three daughters, or three kids, and two of which had the same names as the other William Crocker. They were standard names. I don't know what they were now. I can't remember. I I went through and researched all this in a a long week because the story was really dramatic, right? Um, I don't think this, my William Crocker, would have ever run for mayor if... He wasn't constantly compared to the original William Crocker. Can you imagine you're living in a town where uh, you're somewhat well to do? This guy uh, ran a, a Freemason's Lodge and was part of that too, my guy. So he was hobnobbing with all the same crowds as probably the real William Crocker. You know, he'd probably get it a lot. How would you not be compared to the other guy constantly with the exact same name? You know, he's the big billionaire and you're like a, a fairly respected businessman, but nothing compared to the big William Crocker. Well, that's why I think he ran for mayor. And after he ran for mayor, oh gosh, there's in the newspapers you see all these sad stories. His First you see happy stories of his daughter getting married, which is in my front room, which was my bedroom. So you can imagine this beautiful wedding ceremony that was even in the newspaper, you know. Described the house and how it was decorated with flowers and blah, blah, blah. My house. The one that I own. The one that William Crocker owned. Well, after he lost the mayor uh, race, uh, his first daughter died in childbirth. Another one had a terrible accident and died. Anyway, his whole life went to shit, you know. Just went to shit and he moved a block away moved out of the house he owned into a block a house block away and then he slowly fell fell off the radar gets harder and harder to find until finally you just uh find an obituary notice and he's dead he's dead and that's the end of that End of william crocker now i live in his house oh and guess what the other william crocker the big billionaire he's dead too two dead guys both of them owned a bunch of stuff one owned more both ended up dead. And, you know, the name William Crocker's on a bunch of shit still in San Francisco. And uh, who cares which one it is, right? If your, if your name's up there, even if it's not you, who gives a shit. People get confused. You're dead. You don't own anything anymore. You don't even own your own casket. Your property of the well, that's the funny thing is, you do own a cemetery plot, your kids own it, kind of. I guess you rent it, right? Because you don't really own the plot. Now, that's the weirdest thing. I own the plot where my dad is dead and buried. I own it. Mm, okay, what do you do? You do anything to it? No, you don't. Somebody else is mowing the lawn above it, anyway. Then I went into the researching of who all lived in this house before me. And lots of people did, you know. Different guys bought it, but then they divided the house up from a big mansion into smaller apartments. And people who didn't own the house, you know. And they mostly didn't live here. And now I own it. But what about all these other people? Did they own it? <laughs> what does that even mean, own? What do you own It's all just, you're temporarily taking care of something. You're watching over it. And it very well may own you. You know, the Wikipedia definition of ownership. You want to look at that? You want to see what Wikipedia says about ownership? Let's do that, shall we? Let's do that. I think I have it pulled up here. Ownership. Ownership is the state or fact of exclusive rights and control over property exclusive rights. Do I have those? No. <laughs> government's got rights that can tell me what to do. My, the city can tell me what to do. My tenants can tell me what to do. Hell, what exclusive rights do I have? Ownership is the state or fact of exclusive rights and control over property, which may be an object, land or real estate or intellectual property. Ownership involves multiple rights collectively referred to as title, which may be separated and held by different parties. Okay, that's boring. The process and mechanics of ownership are fairly complex. One can gain, transfer, and lose ownership of a property in a number of ways. To acquire property, one can purchase it with money, trade it for other property, win it in a bet, receive it as a gift, inherit it, find it, receive it as as damages, earn it by doing work or performing services, make it or homestead it. Yeah, we got it. You know what that means. It's all the different ways you get shit. How you collect shit. I found it! I bought it! Mom gave it to me. It's grandpa's. You know? (laughs) I got here first. It's mine. Homesteading. Homesteading doesn't happen much. But I think squatter's laws, you know? But yeah, you don't own stuff. I mean, if you think you own your property, try not paying taxes on it. Oh. Suddenly you don't own it. Somebody with a gun comes and takes it from you. Literally. Eventually. Not at first. They send a lot of letters first. A lot of court dates. You must comply. You don't own it. You don't own your shit. I mean, try to paint it fluorescent pink. You know? Try to shine a light on it. that shines all night. No. Mm -mm. Try to build a fence that's over six feet tall. No. Mm -mm. try to try to do anything (laughs) exclusive rights Mm. okay can't remodel my bathroom without uh, getting a permit can't airbnb a unit in it no no license ownership there's no ownership no ownership of anything in san francisco and, you know, I think that's the problem. I've been thinking about this for a long time. And uh, what we're really talking about here, I think the difference between red state people and blue state people is most of the blue state people are cram-packed in these little areas like in San Francisco where you've got one guy who allegedly owns the house, like me, and then the renters who are just paying rent, and they don't—they don't own it, you know. So when they pay pay rent, they feel entitled entitled to my services. They kind of own me. They can tell me what I have to do, <laughs> what you know, what repairs to make, and, you know, stuff like that. I owe them something, you know. Light switch goes out, you know. Do that? Does my property? Do I own my property, or is my property on me? You know with all the letters you get in the mail about what you have to do with your property. Does the state own me? Does the state own my property? Does the city own my property? Boy, they sure do act like it. Sure does seem like it because what's really happened is um, when you own a property, own something, what you're really getting is stewardship over it. In other words, you're in charge of that. You're in charge of it. We own it. We're going to tax you and make you pay for it. But you're in charge of that. Well, what do I get in return? Well, you get equity. Whatever the increase is from now on, you time to sell it. But we're going to try to steal it from you <laughs> by raising taxes too. And when you do sell it, we're, we want our chunk. We want our chunk too. We're in this together. You don't really own it. We actually own it. But you can take care of it and you get paid so long as... Values increase. Of course, if values decrease, then you're screwed. <laughs> we we won't share in that loss. You know, we share in the gains, but not in the losses. It's theft. It's a it's a racket. It's a racket. The idea of ownership, um, really, is: Do you own your body? Oh, you do. Do you? Well, try driving down the street without a seatbelt. <laughs> Try taking drugs. Try taking an illegal drug. You know. Try refusing vaccine in certain areas. You know. Try refuse. Try refusing paying your taxes. Well, they'll come and take your body, and they will lift it, and they will put it in a cage. You don't really own your body. Anyway, I'm getting off track. I had a point I wanted to make, but um. The concept of ownership and believing in ownership and the cynicism of the idea, you know, whether you're not you're cynical, has a l- large part of how you vote and how you view the world, I think, you know. And as I was starting to say, is with um, people in blue states are cramp grand, packed and, you know, you'll find these people in the city who are telling everybody else how to use their land, for example farmers need to be like this and they need to vote like this. Well, the big difference is cuz I want to get away from ownership. I want to get away get to stewardship, which is a kind of a better version of it's the ideal version of ownership. Ideally, you're a steward over your land. If you own it, you know, you're a steward over it. You're supposed to take care of it. I don't know how many of you have spent time on farms. My first job was on a farm picking corn with a bunch of old pregnant ladies. I was like, what, 14? And all the other ladies were in their early 20s, but they seemed old to me. And I was the only boy picking corn with these white ladies, these Mormon ladies who would talk about their episiotomies and their pregnancies and scare the shit out of me. (laughs) I would listen from a few corn aisles away. But yeah, they worked on my best friend's uh, family's farm, the Bateman's. They had a lot of land in my town, covered in corn, and they were always out tending to it, and I would help, you know, my friend. It was so fun. When you're a farmer in Utah, you can drive when you're 14 instead of 16. So we could he could drive at farm vehicles. If it was a farm truck or a farm tractor... He could drive it, and I could drive with him. So, woohoo! early freedom. Before you're even 16, two years. But boy, they had to take care of that land. And if you look at the red state, ownership is more, especially when you get out into rural areas, there aren't a lot of renters. There are a lot of owners. And therefore, let's get into the ideal aspect of that, stewards, you know, People who really have to manage their land. And when you get out there and you manage it, you start seeing things. How the land works, how the wheat fields work, how weeds versus, you see, all these little species, rodents, uh, raccoons, uh, deer, antelope, whatever is affecting your land. Or if you're raising cattle, you're really hands-on with the life cycle. Giving birth to a calf, you know, multiple calves, tons of calves, knowing what to do, how to get the, how to, when, how long to keep them with the mother. You know, there's a lot of weird barbaric stuff that goes on there too, but you're seeing it. Even pulling chicken eggs out of, from underneath chickens, The stewardship. Or if a business, you know, you've got a business and you've got multiple employees and so you're a steward over the business and you're, you're somehow now you're a steward over the lives of your employees you know you feel responsible for taking care of that stuff you know so it's kind of a no no mistake to me that these stewards or owners are going to vote in a different way when you really have to get hands on with how does this stuff work when you don't own things intentionally or otherwise you're you don't you're not confronted with stewardship Like your stewardship is limited to your apartment or your, you know, box of records or whatever it is that you're doing. Your stewardship is low. So it's very easy to boss around and think, I'm going to, we got to vote green, I'm going to do this. And it's like, but you have no practical knowledge of the land. You have no practical knowledge of the psychology behind managing a business, managing people and having stewardship over them. Or even stewardship under them i don't know man i think stewardship is not this authoritarian position it's more of a having to it's a responsibility you know to manage things and support things and you're kind of forced to do that these days and more and more stewards or owners or have less rights than the people who supposedly don't take this stewardship seriously or don't ever get them hook themselves on the line for responsibility and that's kind of what ownership really will is in this world in the best case scenario you're you're entitled to gains if something increases in value right like a property or a home or a, an old fancy car or you know you're entitled to the gains but In all the other respects, you're just given responsibility. You got to take care of it, and then you're even given a list of how you're supposed to take care of it. You know, little tiny rules, and you got to check in with the actual owners, which is the local government. This idea that you're an owner. That's why when you see here all the ire directed towards property owners and business owners, it's just to, to the people who are actual owners, they're just sitting there scratching their heads and going, I don't get it. <laughs> you don't realize there's all the responsibilities that go with it. And the risks. You assume all the risks. There's an earthquake here. Clam. It's all wiped out. All that equity is gone. You know. Um, but these are all just practical things. And I wanted to get into the philosophical thing of really drilling down into that, what it means to to take upon responsibility You know, to be a steward. I argue so often with these. I'm in a debate with an uh, an artist I know on Facebook, who um, bought property from me. I owned it. Now he owns it, and uh, he likes to go on and on about how terrible America is, and you know how bad the oil industry is. you know, and he doesn't own anything, but he sure has opinions on how owners need to f- deal with things. He sure is superior to these owners in every way. He certainly projects himself as being superior. And it's like, yeah, but these owners are actually taking responsibility. What responsibility are you taking? You know? But I'm a worker. Oh, well, he's not even a worker. He's just a, a free-floating guy, an artist, you know. And good for him. But this idea, this sort of arrogant ignorance of the responsibility that goes into owning a business or having a responsibility to manage a business. And boy, in, in these blue states they'll punish you at every turn for ownership. You know? It's almost like owner is a bad word. It's a disparaging term. Like, oh, he's the owner. But we're the people, we're the workers. Fuck the owner. Us first. We want benefits but not responsibility. You know? And I guess that's kind of an expected problem. I mean, if everybody were equal owners... Would things change? I don't know. What's Rainbow Grocery like? There's a Rainbow Grocery in my town. It's a co-op. I don't know how equally it's owned, but the idea is that every employee is a partial owner. Fine. Get a little bit of stock. Bet you that helps a little bit. I like that idea. I might even entertain an idea of um, compulsory stock shareholding. You know? But... Not just for the positive, but for the negative, too. It means if the company goes bust, every employee is on the line. It might be fun. But then how do you make decisions? Uh, committee. You want to ruin something wonderful? Set up a committee. It's uh, ownership. It's, it's worth thinking about it. You know, when you're if you're a person who doesn't own things there's a certain freedom from that you know i'm kind of caught in the middle because now i'm fascinated with being in my van i'm getting rid of stuff all this stuff i own i definitely feel like this stuff owns me i feel like my house owns me right now i'll be honest um Because getting it ready to sell, I want to get the fuck out of San Francisco. I love San Francisco weather. I love the architecture. I love the geography. Everything natural about San Francisco I love. The only thing I don't love is the completely far out of balance, ridiculous, self-centered, corrupt politics of not just the politician, but your average San Franciscan. They're so far off being balanced. Talk about living in a bubble. And it's just hard because you're enemy number one. If you're an owner in San Francisco, to so many people, not everybody obviously, but to so many people, you're automatically the the enemy. If you listen to the crowd that I talk to, it's almost like as soon as they're company, who owns the business you work for? Oh, this guy. You know, it's just always just, you know, there's a certain thing, like when people found out I bought my house on my 30th birthday, which is apparently to some, especially in San Francisco, very young. But, you know, people when they talk about that will will um. it's like a two-sided thing. They'll go, oh yeah, you're smart for owning your, oh, you're lucky. Oh, you're lucky. It's like, well, I assumed the risk. I made agreements and assumed the risk. And sure, ultimately, fine. It's it's good. Like barring an earthquake and if I do get my ass together, I've got a nice little chunk of equity. Just like all the people that, have, that knew that that's what you're supposed to do. That's a way to build equity, you know, and have a retirement uh a nest egg is you buy something you invest <clears throat> and you, hopefully your investments will mature with age and they do property is a good one because as long as the popul- population of earth is increasing people are going to want property so property is going to increase in value over time just by the supply and demand you know Oh, but that's another thing. Who can own what? Well, you can only own this part. We're going to slice this pie. This is for sale. But no, we're going to keep this. The government's going to keep that. As the people own it. Do they own it? Do they get a benefit from it? I don't know. Ownership. <laughs> Such a funny concept. Especially when you're in a coffin. All that I own. Well, you don't own shit now, you little nibbler. Little snack. Little meat pile bug buffet what do you own now those bugs own you this is mine this is my morsel i got dibs on the eyeballs ew we don't even want it you don't even know man you go ahead and eat up through that asshole by the way if you watch those videos of decaying corpses it's amazing how the maggots enter through the butthole that is the door to the restaurant. That is you. Sorry. <laughs> ownership. Stewardship. Ownership. Look it up. I mean, if you look up the definition of stewardship, which I did, it's much more. It's, uh, it's really it's nicer. And that's really the attitude I wish people would have. You know, rather than being jealous or uh, being upset with owners and the idea of property. You know, because some people think property is bullshit. Nah, private property, that's what creates all crime. You don't have private property, you have no crime. Yeah, that's right. Your private Where's your private property? How about the entrance to, how about your butthole? How about that door to your restaurant? Is that your private property? You want to get rid of that too? Anybody can come on in there. Oh, man, ownership. We don't even own our own bodies. So, yeah, it would be nice. There are different places in the world that have different ideas of ownership. Some, the places that see ownership and stewardship as the same are the places I like, and those are generally red state places. You know, there's a respect because people understand that there is, stewardship goes with ownership. You got to take care of stuff. You got to take care of your business. In some places, believe it or not, people have gratitude for their jobs and, their, and the people and the businesses and the the people who run their companies. And of course, I'm not trying to say that every company owner is a, an angelic saint. But come on. Without their risk, where would you be? <laughs> who would you be working for? And by the way, I can help you out on that. You could say, here's a good answer for you to insert. Yeah, well, I'll be at my own little home. And I'd be planting my own garden and I'd be living a simple life with my family and my family would be my employees and we would farm our own garden and we'd raise our own chickens and eat our own things and we'd have a simple life. You know? I like that answer. I'm glad I suggested it for you. Um what do you own? Do you own yourself? Break it right down. Do you own yourself? Do you own your body? My body, my choice. That's, I really believe in that. That's my thing. I said that long before the, uh, the, the people who don't seem to be able to understand how to control their own pregnancies <laughs> did it. And by the way, I extend that to anything. Like, if somebody says my body, my choice, I go, what's your opinion on seatbelt laws, for or against? For. Fuck you then. Not your body, not your choice. If you don't extend that same right to me, then fuck you. How do you feel about vaccines? Well, everybody needs to be vaccinated. Fuck you then. My body, my choice. If it's not my body, my choice all the time, then fuck you. I'm not going to respect your body, your choice. If you don't respect my body, my choice, I'm going to reciprocate you motherfuckers. You get what you give in that case. I guess this is a long way of saying, I got to sell this house. (laughs) I'm tired of my stuff owning me. I am tired of having stuff that owns me. And the more you own, the more you get in bed with the government. The more you have to make deals with them and the more they become part of your life. You know, if you own one car, you got to go the DMV once. If you own two, you got to go twice. If you own a boat, maybe another time. You own a separate property, different set of building codes, different set. And yeah, you can hire different people to do it, but then you have stewardship over them and their schedules and you got to manage their lives. You know, ownership ain't all that it's cracked up to be, which is probably why equity is a fair deal. When I cash out on this house, They'll say, did you earn that? I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Was what I did as hard as digging a ditch every day? Maybe, maybe not. Digging a ditch every day might have been more rewarding. I'd probably be in better shape and have a better tan. I might have some ditch-digging friends, too. I don't know. There's always another way to look at stuff. Try to be flexible in the way you think about things. Try to drill down. You know, when you want to knee-jerk and just think something is fantastic or something is terrible, there's another side to it. There's a give and take. There's a balance to the universe. There is no free lunch, as they say. Life is a victory. That's true. If you're alive, you're winning. But maybe try to consider what things really mean ownership yay oh but I can't really go somewhere because there's problems you know I got three cars where do I park them all oh shit oh my house is big Uh, bigger tax bill more to manage bigger sprinkler system bigger bill more wrath from people in your town it all balances out It all balances out. So whatever your situation is, if you're an owner of much, or an owner of Little, if you're an owner of Little, you've got maybe more freedom. You don't have equity. Might be more scary. You know? But maybe cut the owners some slack and the owners cut the other people slack. There's a million different ways to live your life and ultimately you're going to be dead. And you're not going to own anything. So how about this? Lighten up. How about giving red state people? How about acknowledging their talents? How about acknowledging that stewardship over things is important? It's important that some people are taking care of Montana. Okay? Growing your vegetables. Raising your cattle. Raising your hamburgers. It's important. Stewardship is important. So lay off. And also for people who don't own stuff, congratulations. There's a certain freedom there. Freedom is risky though. You know? Anyway, that's about enough of that. Thanks for listening.